And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to Spinner the Athletic Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here, as we always are, talking about your Toronto Blue Jays. I'm joined on this Monday, the 4th of July. Happy 4th to all of my, uh, all of the, all of our good American friends who are hopefully having a reflective and contemplative 4th of July celebration as we hopefully were able to do for Canada today as well. I'm joined by Caitlin McGrath, who covers the Blue Jays for the Toronto, covers the Blue Jays for the Athletic. Caitlin, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm all right. Uh, start a bit of a somber note. We'll start, we're starting off, of course, um, the Blue Jays uh, were touched by tragedies this weekend as uh, Julia uh, Buzinski, the, the daughter of first base coach Mark Buzinski, Bud, um, uh, passed away in what is uh, not, there's not a lot of details, but uh, sounds like it was a tragic um, accident um, down their way in, in, uh, in the United States. So, uh, you know, it was a, it was a, obviously a tragedy and our thoughts go out to, to the, to the family as well as everyone in the organization. Uh, if there's a silver lining, it was, it was just a really, I thought it was a really touching way that the team seemed to have handled it with, um, with Charlie Montoyo, um, leaving the game and going to be with Bud as well as Ross Atkins. So I know Caitlin, you were there. So it all sort of like unraveled in real time when you were there watching, um, from the press box. But, uh, but yeah, just a real tragedy. No other way to, to describe it. The loss of someone so young with so much uh, life in front of them. Yeah. And like you said, it happened, um, or at least word came down, um, to the team during the second game of the double header on Saturday. And, I know on the broadcast it showed Charlie and Bud leaving the game and um, you could kind of see um, the facial expression, especially on Charlie, that it didn't look like it was good. Um, and so we kind of had this feeling. And then after the game on Saturday, Blue Jays PR pulled us aside and told us that they weren't going to be opening the clubhouse, um, which is unusual. Obviously, after games, the clubhouse is open so the reporters can go down and talk to players for post-game availabilities. Um, so they told us that, you know, it was going to be closed. The coaches and Charlie Montoyo were not going to be available because um, Bud Zinski was dealing with a personal matter. Um, and then the next morning, the Blue Jays announced um, what had happened, um, which is obviously Julia, his eldest daughter, passing away. Um, the Blue Jays had a moment of silence, which was handled, you know, as well as you can expect in such a tragic um, moment. The Rays give them, you know, credit. They were their entire organization stood along the foul line, along with the Blue Jays, um, for that moment of silence. And you could you could really see, especially on the faces of a lot of the Blue Jays players and the staff, especially the coaches, um, that it was a really tough day for them. A lot of the Blue Jays players, uh, or a good chunk of the Blue Jays players, I should say, and um, the coaches are dads themselves. And so, you know, Ross Stripling talked to us after the game, and he put it in a ways that a lot of people who have kids would, you know, think like 
it's every parent's worst nightmare to get that call. So it was a really tough day on Sunday. Um, but uh, as you say, it was kind of um, – if there's a silver lining, it was nice to see sort of baseball world come together in that moment of tragedy. I heard from a lot of, or at least I see seen on Twitter, I guess I should say, a lot of the managers around the American League um, sending their condolences along to the Blue Jays uh, and Bud and his family. So yeah, it was a really tough day where baseball was kind of not top of mind, I think. Obviously, they had to play the game. Um, and I should just say, you know, being a manager – People disagree with some of your decisions. That's going to happen with the job. But I think it was really touching and shows a lot about who Charlie is as a person that he, when he found out what happened, managing that game on Saturday was secondary to him. Like he sat with Bud throughout the game. He said to us that was his job in the moment. His job in the moment was not managing that game. Um, there's enough coaches. We just have a lot of coaches Um he handed it off to them. They know how to do their job. They can do the, they can manage one game without him um, because in that moment he had to be with Badzinski. So, um, you know, disagree with some of Charlie's calls if you want his bullpen management, whatever. But obviously in that moment, he really showed why he's a leader of this organization and, and why the Blue Jays want him leading their team because he is a really great person, a really great man. And, you know, I think that just kind of was a window into who he is and, and why players and coaches and everyone in the organization um, loves working for him. You know, some things are bigger than baseball, but at the same time, as you noted in, in your story, um, there were a lot of, you, you know, clips and, and quotes from the folks around the, the, the game, you know, Kevin Cash and, and Alex Cora, people that, that played with, with, uh, with Bud or, or, or managed with him or coach with him or just, you know, the, that it, it, Baseball is not as big as it seems, you know, when something like this touches so many people. And and again, that the idea of all the other parents as well, like being able to empathize with what the Pozinski family is going through right now. So really tough, um, tough way to kick off the show, but uh, something that was obviously it's obviously important and and important to um, to send uh, to. It's a good reminder, I guess, in a way of like that, 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 you know, it's still a game, right? It's still a game that guys play in their pajamas and. Some things are bigger than that. So uh, again, thoughts are with uh, with the family and with the with the organization and everybody who's uh, who's close to close to the Businessky family as well. Uh, you know, it was a rough weekend for the Blue Jays off the field, quite obviously, and then on the field as well as they having started off well in this unusual five game series. Dropped it took the first two only to drop the three following games in pretty. Um, spectacular fashion you know getting uh beat pretty good in most of the games um i think the biggest story line uh, could be the biggest storyline for the for the time for the moment is uh, is kevin gossman's health kevin gossman took a line drive ground ball whatever it was off the ankle had to come out of his start um x-rays negative but seems to and seems to be hopefully on track to make his next start um i think given that what we saw the rest of the weekend or in, and even later that day um kevin gossman's health is currently like job one like it is a I don't, I don't know if make or break is the right word but if kevin gossman has to go on the injured list for any extended period of time blue jays are in a tough spot yeah i, I mean the storyline um on the field not just kevin gossman's health but i think what kevin gossman's health highlighted or showed was the complete maybe i shouldn't say complete but a, a significant lack of starting pitching depth um you know 
when he got hit, it looked really bad. He just crumbled into a heap of pain. Um, and I know some people, I was trying to be optimistic. That's me. But I know some people in the press box were like broken foot. Um, luckily, Kevin Gosman wears high top shoes or his, I guess higher top cleats. Um, and I think that Charlie said this um, after the game on after the first game on Saturday, that uh, they think that he probably benefited from those high tops. Like it, that probably gave some extra padding there um, so that it's just a contusion and not actually a broken bone because it hit a, it was a liner that was a hundred miles per hour off the bat and he's not standing that far away from the bat. So it, he took a lot of impact on that. You could just tell the way he fell, like it was pretty clear that he couldn't even stand. Um, it was, you know, it was good to see when he walked off on his own and he uh, first few steps were kind of gingerly and then looked like he kind of got a little bit more comfortable, obviously not comfortable enough to stay in the game, had to get the x-rays, make sure everything's okay. Um, I would assume there's some good bruising and swelling going on there. So I think there's some optimism that he can make his next start, but they're certainly not confirming that he will. It would be on Thursday, I think. So there is a few more days. Um, you know, the Blue Jays would have loved an off day. Um, would have been really nice, I think, to have an off day on Monday, just for a lot of reasons. Um, that's not the case. Um, so Thursday would be the day. Um, I mean, Gavin Cosman strikes me as a bit of a kind of gamer guy. I think that he wouldn't want to miss the start. At the same time, you don't want him to be out there um, on a sore foot and then overcompensating and then just does something to hurt his arm or something worse happens. So if the best case is miss one start, that's fine. The Blue Jays can probably handle that. Miss um, one start against Oakland. I think that's an important, you know, underlying. Well, it, it would, it would oh, be, it, oh, his it would be, be the first in Seattle. Seattle. Which What's still, the difference? Yeah, exactly. It's Seattle. Yeah, still. Um, but yeah, if it's, it was going to happen this week, this is not a terrible week for it to happen based on the competition the Blue Jays are facing this week. Um, you would hope that, it, again, like you would hope against Oakland that so their starters get deep. And so that if he does miss Thursday, maybe they do have a fresh bullpen. That would be um, best case scenario. But back to the broader point here is what do the Blue Jays do about their starting pitching depth? Please consider on the second game on the doubleheader. They turned to Thomas Hatch, who is, you know, among the best, you know, depth options they have. And he allowed 10 earned runs on 12 hits in like four and a third inning or four and two thirds inning. Like it was not good. Now, I mean, like it's tough and every, you know, it's tough to say, you know, Hatch is probably a better pitcher than he showed, but also he's had a completely inconsistent triple a season his era and triple a is above five so when he allowed the 10 runs i don't know that it was completely you know out of left field like i think that possibility existed just given his inconsistent season um he's been sort of a depth option for the blue jays but you know this was his first opportunity obviously they haven't really called upon him earlier and this was a situation where i think maybe in another uh, you know, another route the Blue Jays could have gone with Max Castillo in that start, but because he was used, I guess, on the Canada Day game Friday, because Brios pitched five innings, five okay innings, but certainly didn't go deep. Um, you know, his, his Rays were racking up his pitch count a little bit. Um, so, he, you know, he pitched well enough, but not 
not very efficiently, I guess. So they had to use a couple bullpen arms in that game. Um, so then Matt Casillo isn't available to start that second game. Casey Lawrence obviously came up, but because Kevin Gosman went down, um, he was used in that first game on Saturday. So couldn't turn to him either. Um, so it had to be Hatch. And I don't think what Hatch shows gives you a ton of confidence that you want to call on him again right away. You know, I'm not saying he's never going to be on option again. I don't know that the Blue Jays wouldn't necessarily abandon someone after just one start. But, I mean, he's, you know, it's you have to question if if he can be in a major league option for you just given what he showed. And so um, who who else the Blue Jays have? The Blue Jays do not have that many options at AAA. There's, you know, you go down the road, they've got some exciting young arms in the system. I don't think this is going to be a problem, you know, for a long time. Um, but... Right, right now. from Vancouver. Vancouver, straight to the big <laughs> leagues. Fuck yeah. it. <laughs> uh, that's not going to happen. But but <laughs> just, but that's, that's to me, was the takeaway from the weekend. Because it, you, you lose Ryu and Stripling slots in, and he's been good. Sunday's start wasn't his greatest, but, you know, there was a lot of things happening for the organization in that game and, you know, whatever, not to make excuses for the team, but – you know, it was just a weird day on Sunday. Not a great start from Stripling, but um, he didn't pitch that bad. No, you're right. He just he. I think he kind of said it like he just couldn't finish it. You know, like he was mm-hmm. good over four, and then sort of the fifteen and kind of they kind of got to him a little bit. So it's it, it, he's been fine. He's been more than fine, of course, filling in for you. But my larger point here is just that. He, he was supposed to be your depth guy, and then if suddenly now he's not a depth guy. He's one of your guys. He's in the mm. rotation. And then really after that, it's slim pickings in terms of guys you can slot in there. There's Max Casillo, maybe he gets another opportunity. He's shown pretty well in, in a short amount of time. Um, you know, he was good against the Brewers when he came in. He was good against the Rays. But, again, like it's kind of been in low leverage um, – opportunities kind of like mop up duty sort of stuff so um i don't know you know how he would fare in a start when he's just starting a game obviously it's a different it's a different beast so i think that i was sort of on not on the fence i thought they should prioritize starting pitching at the deadline but i sort of said relief pitching is more of a more of a need but now i'm kind of like it's 1a and 1b you need both you really Mm -hmm. need both we'll be right back with more spin rate but first check this out and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct tv satellite free hey frank a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get direct tv what's little birdie was it jimmy the sparrow it's a figure of speech point is you can stream direct tv over the internet now oh sure next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people right <laughs> you mean airplanes Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The pitching has really kind of gone to pot in in its way when the offense has come into its own. And so now the urgency for a, you know, left-handed power bat. I think there, I saw some conversation about this online and, you know, that, that something that, that I'm always fixated on. I just like, like the idea as much as, as the, you know, but sorry, I like the idea, but the need is not really there, right? The Blue Jays are swinging the bats fine. You know, Lourdes Guriel, um, has, you know, good platoon splits. You know, Teoscar Hernandez is slowly coming along. Um, and the other thing is, I think at the, at this point, there just aren't that many at bats to go around as we've talked about before, right? We've, we've, you and I have made this joke about like promising these DH at bats to six different people, right? Like that, that, that money's spent, mm-hmm. right? Especially when you got to really manage George Springer's health in particular, right? You know, right. He's like a, and, and, and Vlad as well. There's, you know, there's this, the conversation around his wrists sort of bu- keeps bubbling up and, and sometimes it looks like, Maybe he's, uh, he's, you know, using, uh, Jonah texted me about it. Maybe using his B and C swing a lot of the time, right? You know, right. Even in hitters counts, um, when maybe he's trying to protect the health of his wrist, wrist. I mean, you know, God love Vlad. He's a, you talk about Kevin Gosman being a gamer. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, the thing about Kevin Gosman talking about smoking weed. So when you said Kevin Gosman was a, was a gamer, I like my mind went to like video games. Like, yeah, I, that, that tracks. I 100% believe that Kevin Gosman is a gamer. Uh, but Vlad is that too, right? Vlad has missed mm-hmm. like what three games in the last three years. Yeah, like he's a freak. Uh, good for him. Uh, health, health is a skill, and and Vlad is is a demonstrating. You know, all so much has been made about his his health and 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 his um, fitness, but also the, being able to manage his health in a way that he can keep himself in the lineup and keep himself productive. I mean, obviously, he had a bit of a rough May when he was probably going through it a little bit before, but um, the long that, that's a long way of saying. That there's no there's no place other than pitching that the Blue Jays need to focus right now. Yeah, no, they're, the they're going to score runs. Yeah, I was going to say in the lineup thing too is like I was seeing some chatter about the lefty bat too, and the only way it would work is if you're exchanging one of your lefty bats maybe for another, like an upgrade or something. But at the same time, like if you're talking about Biggio, he's been their best for alternate first baseman, and if you're trying to protect Vlad's health you're seeing him DH quite a lot and Biggio's been good at first. I think he's been excellent at first base, honestly, for a position he doesn't play very often or didn't previously play very often. There's not really another alternative to him at first base and say what you will about that position, but you do need a good first baseman, a guy that can handle it. Lourdes Gurriel, I know has done it sparingly, but I'm not sure you want to hand over a good chunk of games at first base to him. Um, Blue Jays used to have Rowdy Telez. They don't anymore. So Biggio is kind of that guy. If you're tra- And I don't know that your teams are going to, you know, swap like a Raimel Tapia for another lefty bat. Like, so I agree that it's not the easiest fix. And I think even Ross Atkins, when he talked to us earlier last week, kind of like hinted at this. And he said something along the lines of like, 
position player ads are a little bit tricky. And my take from that is because it probably would involve some subtraction from the major league roster. Um, and if you're subtracting, sometimes you're adding, but also sometimes you're subtracting and not adding that little piece. So if you're getting like a Ben attendee type guy, you're adding a lot there, but you're also subtracting maybe the versatility you get with a guy like Biggio where you can slot him all around, which is, which is useful. Like the Blue Jays have really needed Biggio over this last stretch where they've been playing a lot of games. You know, he's been in the infield, the outfield, all that kind of stuff. And he's been handling himself well with the bat. Um, you know, he's doing what you expect him to do. He's being that, like the, the prototype, like the, the dream number nine hitter in Mm -hmm. in a way. Um, again, not hitting for a ton of power, um, you know, hitting for some, but, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I mean, and, and I think there's a lot of, consternation i think about uh you know the, the use of uh, what's his name of bradley zimmer as an example people are like oh you know or antapia but like you i think you can't you can't lose zimmer is the only other guy who can play center field right tapia does not belong out there they'll put him out there but i think that zimmer belongs out there uh, Zimmer's good at, at a lot of things, you know, stealing, not, not able to steal first, but you, man, you see, you see Bradley Zimmer and you can like, you can see why he'll always, for a long time, he'll always be able to get a shot. Yeah. Right. I saw somebody who was on Reddit and they were like, we were at BP and there was some guy on the Blue Jays. We don't know who it was. He was left-handed and he was hitting the ball like out of the stadium over and over. And it's like, well, it's obviously Bradley Zimmer, right? They're like, there's a, that's the only, and then, you know, the commenters figured out, yeah, that was definitely Zimmer. It was in the last group and this and that. Like the tools are so loud. He's like, you could see how, what he can do, but can't hit. But he hit a home I, I run on Saturday. He did, but and, and it looked like it went two miles. Like he, he has just got a, his swing is so nice and he's so big and fast and whatever else. Um, so he, yeah, he's, he's the type of player though, that you love to have on like a playoff roster because what he can do on the bases and how useful he can be, um, in the field as well. So like, I, I think that honestly, like it, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jays don't really change their complexion of mm-hmm. their player positions, um, at the deadline, because as we've just been talking about, like there's not an easy fix like i think you're again you're slotting in one but you're maybe just taking away a little bit from an from another position that you have and i think like when it comes down to it just prioritize the pitching like that's going to make your team better yeah there's like there's no need to get cute right there's no need to Mm -hmm. to beat around the bush the blue jays are scoring as many runs as anybody uh the last whatever 30 days They've got the sec- first or second, you know, best offense in baseball by yep. you know a variety of measures. Um, so, so address the address the area of need, right? Mm-hmm. You've got need in the bolt. You've got need in the in the um, in the rotation. Uh, the and last thir- the last thirty days, the Blue Jays is the best team in baseball by Fangraphs wins above replacement. They have the number one offense. offense. And they are running the bases well, which again, I I keep I'm I'm looking for the for the moment. Um, Kevin Biggio, man, every time he's on the bases, he makes me feel like a genius for stay, stating the obvious that Kevin Biggio is a really good base runner. It was that it was I think it was was it the Shane Baz's start where it was like kind of a comebacker, and and the catcher was telling Baz to go to first, but he tried to go to second to to get the lead runner, and it was, but it was Biggio and he beat the throw. Mm-hmm. He just beat it because he's a fast he's a fast runner and he got a great jump and you know could have been an opportunity for the Blue Jays to get back in that ball game. Oh, that and yeah, because that was when. Uh, it was Bichette and, and Vlad had bases loaded and one out and they didn't score. 
but you know, no, by no fault of Biggio's, who did a great job, you know, hustling down the line and, and getting and getting in there to, to beat that force. But uh, yeah, they just need to. I mean, so there obviously there is a need to to improve in the in the rotation. Um, they need they need more depth options, right? Again, Thomas Hatch is like what the ninth guy on the on the on the the depth chart at this point. Um, but one other thing we could talk about, uh, which that happened, what feels like a million years ago, because it was like a hundred games ago, was uh, Kikuchi pitched pretty well, yeah. right? He he looked like the guy that everyone is going to be pulling their hair about out about for the next three years. They must have they, just told him. They told him, "Oh, it's actually July now. It's actually July, even though it was last game." <laughs> <laughs> that's funny but uh but kikuchi pitched well and and that's uh, you know very welcome obviously a, a huge boost when um when you can get a good start out of him which it seemed like a you know this that could have been his last start for a while if it hadn't gone well mm-hmm. gone well but at that same time i don't think that they have they don't have the the, the luxury of moving kikuchi out of the rotation at this point no they don't and again like the only other player that you may consider is Casillo. But as I said earlier, it's like he's not a sure thing either. Um, he's shown a little bit, but not in start situation. It's a whole different animal. Um, and so the interesting thing with Kikuchi was actually he said, well, two interesting interesting things. One, um, he said he brought back the cutter. So I think it's been a little bit confusing, like when you're following maybe like Savant and game day and they're labeling the pitches because Kikuchi is like, kind of shifted throughout the season. So I think initially he was throwing this cutter and it's labeled a cutter, but then he's kind of telling us, no, 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 that's my new slider. It's harder. So then I think, um, you know, Savant and game day and that kind of stuff um, responded to that. And then we're calling it like the slider, but then the last start, he was actually throwing a cutter. And so there was like three where there was, you know, three different speeds of pitches, like the fastball. Then there was like this cutter and then there was like the slider. Um, And I think we maybe people that didn't know or were just watching it were thinking, well, he's just throwing the slider maybe at different speeds or what? But it was like, no, he's actually got the cutter back in there. Um, and he kind of explained it that he actually just sort of talked with Pete and um, he made it seem like it sort of helps him. He, maybe he thinks that having that extra pitch in there is advantageous for him because um, it keeps hitters guessing just that little bit more, that changing speeds. Now, have to be careful because that cutter, the reason why they eliminated it to start out with the season was because it was getting hit hard. Um, so I guess there's a balance there with if you're going to throw the cutter, you better make sure that you're cut, throwing it in, you know, the right counts and you're, you're locating it well because guys were not just this year, but even I think previous, that cutter has been a, uh, an issue pitch for Kikuchi a little bit, but obviously he likes throwing it. Um, maybe he's comfortable with having that in his arsenal. So, um, yes, he pitched well against the Rays, but the Rays were also coming in. It was the Rays. Yeah, it was the Rays yeah. series. Um, the Rays were coming in. I mean, obviously they like address the issue by the end of the series, but they were coming in not hitting very well. They were kind of slumping on that side. Obviously they, by Saturday mid game of the first game, they had come out of that slump and were hitting very well for the rest of the weekend. They um, hit a lot of home runs. <laughs> they did. They did. They, so they're the, oh, they, I feel like that, that breaking bad, like they can't, they hit so many home runs this weekend against hatch against Thornton against, uh, whoever else they just hit a ton of home runs. Their players are so bad. I can't <laughs> like, like, okay. Uh, Isaac Paredes. Sure. Okay, but like Harold Ramirez, 
come on. You're killing me with this. It just makes me crazy. I can't, I can't sometimes, you know, even though after two days, I'm like, you know what? Maybe this is it. Maybe the Rays, this time is caught up with the Rays. You know, they've had too many injuries. They got too many bad players. Nope. Not enough bad players. Too many good players. Um, I think the thing with Kikuchi is, is all about, I think it's easy. It's like, I think you make a, you, you made a really good point. I really agree that when you're, when we watch on, 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 if you're looking at the Savant numbers, looking at these numbers, it's easy to get kind of caught up. And even Brooks Baseball, which is one that um, they do a lot of hand coding, right? They like hand label the pitches and things like that, and they're really attuned to those changes. But the biggest issue, I think, is isn't like isn't thinking so like um, so analog. Like yes, cutter, yes, slider. It's it's really about how is you know what what for Kukuchi. I think so much of it is command. I think Stoughton did a good job of of pointing this out. Of you know, Kukuchi has a you know was throwing so many pitches that were not even competitive right he was really missing badly and then uh so back to savant they have like their waste pitches and then and then and then um and there's a four different de- designations like in the heart in the shadow you know mm-hmm. kind of uh ed waste and chase then, chase and then waste and when he's throwing pitches that are not competitive that are just like at the you know thrown into the back to the backstop effectively well that nobody doesn't matter what pitch you're throwing or it doesn't matter what you're doing when you're when a your fastball is not competitive and b you're behind all the time, so you're you know what? Well, it's not you want 1985 anymore. There's no such thing as a fastball count, but it allows pitcher hitters to 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 really zero in to look for one pitch in one location, whatever else. But when he's when he's more around the zone, when he's when he's able to be aggressive and and get those strikes and and use you know the stuff that he's got, it can work. It can work no problem. So yeah. Turf and Kikuchi out of the out of the rotation is not really an option right now. But as will always be the case, like the idea that that he wakes up tomorrow and is is twenty twenty one Robbie Ray or is going to become this unhittable monster, I don't think that's necessarily realistic. It doesn't have to be that. It's gonna, he's going to be a frustrating guy. That's you know that's who he is. And if it was, if he got paid just for being a uh, you know just for throwing ninety seven from the left hand side with a nice breaking ball. He would have got a lot more than he did. Like his results are his results. So he's going to be a frustrating player. Um, it's a work in progress. He seems, uh, again, like he's like he's buying in. And and the, uh, as we've talked about before, the timeline's a little bit crunched, right? From the time that they brought him in to be able to implement some of these changes. But um, there's a lot to wish on there, and you just can hope that uh, that he can build on it and and that he can continue to be positive. And he, there were some great comments he had about the guys in the clubhouse having his back yeah, and kind of yeah. like supporting him and stuff, which is always good to hear. And it kind of brings back to what we were talking about at the beginning that uh, that it takes uh, it takes a village, right? It, it takes a, the whole bunch uh, of of players and veterans and rookies and everybody else. And while it's ultra competitive and they're they're out for jobs and they're out to get paid, um, you know, it's it's more than just that that can help to bring in. And and support each other's uh, each other's success. Yeah, no, this Blue Jays team. I mean, all teams are like that. I don't I don't cover other teams as closely as I cover the Blue Jays, obviously. But Blue Jays definitely are a team that you know wins together and loses together. And they don't you know as if, if a starter really struggles, the hitters just take it upon themselves to say we'll try and get you out of it. Like we'll try and score a lot of runs, and sometimes they're able to, and sometimes they're not. Um, you know, and then that period where the offense was really struggling, the pitchers were like, okay, we'll, we'll, you know, try and keep us in the games. And so you only have to score two runs to win this game, uh, which they were doing early on. So yeah, Kikuchi, um, as you say, took some time sort of at the end of his, um, media session with the reporters to sort of point out how supportive he's, 
uh, his teammates have been and how they've tried to pick him up after starts. And, um, you know, that's been, you know, that's been encouraging for him. So that's good to hear. Uh, it's also good to see that he had a good outing there. Barrios also started the next day. And like I said earlier, wasn't the most efficient outing of his, but he was good enough, um, um, more than good enough. The Blue Jays won that candidate game quite handily. Um, and so it was, it was good to see him. You want to see him pitch deeper into games, but good, good first step after those two rough outings that he had. Thing with him is just like, let's just, he needs to get on a roll where you're sort of confident he's going to be the Jose Brios that, you know, got a seven year extension. Mm-hmm. The ups and downs have been maybe more frustrating with him than they have been with Kikuchi because Kikuchi, you anticipated this, I think. Brios, you, you did not. So, we're we're getting close to the second half. I, I, I actually we're essentially second half now. I think the Blue Jays are playing their 81st game tonight um, against Oakland, so that's the official halfway point. Even though technically we kind of look at the first half um, as the All Star, and then the second half is actually All Star break. But technically, games wise, they're right at the halfway point now. So you would hope that whatever he did against the Rays, he can kind of build upon and start putting the first half struggles behind behind him. Oh, there's the dog. That's the dog pancakes alert. Ch- pancakes Pan-tank. alert going on. He wants to chime in with his thoughts on Brios. No, so what actually Pancakes told me before we started recording that Pancakes mm-hmm. only really wanted to talk about one thing, and that was the the one of the games this week was the YouTube game when George Springer was mic'd up and the cameras caught George Springer singing loudly along to Since You've Been Gone, which I don't know if you knew, um, this is the greatest song ever recorded. And to hear George Springer singing loudly along to it since you've been gone it warmed my heart talk about a team that wins together and uh, the things you want to hear and see it was that george springer is singing all the time <laughs> if you spend any amount of time around the blue jays in the clubhouse um just around he is constantly singing he's i think he's a big music fan he's very like there was um there was a funny exchange when we were in detroit and george was very mad at one of the Blue Jays staffers because the staffer did not know very much about music. And George was like, how do you not know this band? How do you not know this song? It's very funny. George is very well versed in all kinds of music. So it does not surprise me. I didn't see that clip, but it doesn't surprise me that he would know like every word to Since You've Been Gone because he's just constantly singing and dancing. He was also talking about his hair, which was interesting. I know that uh, you know your friend in mind, the Zoobs, that was something that is uh, the play ball movement. George Springer admitting out loud that uh, that he, if he cuts his hair off, might not come back, uh, which is you know a good moment of, of humility. That that uh, it doesn't matter how much money you make and how successful you are, you know the hairline comes for everybody. And he, it, there was an interesting exchange. It relates this brings us to the next thing, which was he was talking to, to Vlad about Vlad's thick head of hair, and Vlad's like, I got like ten years left. And then he's talking about his dad was being bald, but then there his dad was for father son bobblehead day. Pretty great moment. Um, pretty cool to see uh, Vlad Senior out there rocking the Expos jersey, of course. Um, you know, Vlad, Vlad Senior, a, a folk hero in Canada and in baseball uh-huh. in general. But uh, that, that was really fun. I didn't know that was coming until the day before. They kind of kept it under wraps really well, mm-hmm. um, and then we kind of found out, I guess Friday, um, and 
that was really fun because I I laughed because when Guerrero Sr. was like coming off the field, he kind of like skipped and hopped. And I was, it was like the exact way that Vlad will run off the field too, Vladdy Jr. Like it just, I saw the similarities between them. Like it was just like, it's very cute, obviously. And I think his dad like signed the ball for Vlad and Vlad kept it in his locker, which is, you know, very charming. It's funny, like... You see Vlad, he's a superstar, but then you see him against his dad, and it's like, oh, like he's it's still his dad. He's still, you know, junior. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very cute and endearing. That's it's funny, and I've told this story many times before. I went to a game. Uh, it was Alex Rios's big league debut. It was against the Angels, and I rec- I had a friend that worked in the in the ticket office, so we received. Uh, Carlos Delgado bobbleheads uh, that I don't think was Carlos Delgado bobblehead day but it was against the Angels and Vlad Jr. Vlad Sr. obviously was there playing right field and he did not skip and hop at all in that game mm-hmm. it was kind of getting to, getting towards the end of Vlad Sr.'s career where all those years on the turf seemed like it was really taking his toll because I remember distinctly Vlad Sr. being the last one out of the dugout and also the last one into the dugout at the end of every inning like just dragging his ass out out from right field and in and out to right field, um, which you know it's a it's a long season and a long career, and I, I get that, I get that. So to see him with that pep in his step when he's <laughs> yeah. there, able to celebrate his son, who uh, who's obviously having uh, off to a great great start to his big league career. More spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Another big moment of of guy remembering was the Russell Martin kind of ceremony. Russell Martin on Canada Day throwing out the first pitch with the video narrated by Jose Bautista. What on earth? Yeah. They Just went all out. Destroying the souls. They went all out. That video was really well done. And they I I think they showed the they showed two videos, right? There was the sort of um Russell Martin montage highlight pack video which was um narrated by Bautista as you say and then there was the secondary sort of special messages for Russell Martin um that was just featuring all his a lot of his ex-teammates Kevin Pillar Ryan Goins um Jason Grilly uh Jose Bautista uh, John Gibbons um manager former manager obviously um and it was funny like every single I couldn't even hear that video because every single time and someone new appeared on the screen. It was like it, the crowd erupted and cheers. Um, but the funny thing with that was that we talked to Russell Martin before the game. He did like a quick media availability with us, um, you know, talked all about uh, what he's been doing post career. Um, you know, he does, he says he doesn't really watch baseball anymore, which is kind of understandable. Um, and he talked a little bit about 
yeah, he's contemplated managing or coaching, but he has three, well, he has two young kids, a third on the way. Um, they're all quite young. So he's kind of in dad mode right now, but he said mm. like, maybe when they're older, um, he would, he would think about coaching or managing. Um, but anyway, the the thing with that is that we asked him like, Oh, you're going to be emotional. Like during this presentation, he was like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. You know, I don't know. And then the video starts playing. It's just like tears. Um, so that was very, it was nice to see the Blue Jays did a great job, um, with that tribute. Um, the video, the the ovation that he got, um, but also just the um, the jersey that he was presented with, um, the Blue Jays sort of sponsoring and um, alongside with Baseball Canada, uh, the Junior National MVP Award is now going to be named the Russell Martin Award. Uh, the Blue Jays are going to sponsor uh, an annual clinic in Quebec um, through their academy and um, to sort of keep continuing to grow the the sport in the province where um Russell Martin was raised. Um so yeah, just overall a great a great job by the Blue Jays. I think that Russell was a sort of um you know, overcome with it looked like he was overcome with emotion and looked like he really appreciated um what they did. And then obviously the nice touch of him throwing out the first pitch to um Gabby Moreno, uh who is obviously wearing number 55. Uh Russell Martin told us the story like basically some of the Blue Jays sort of clubhouse staff decided to give him number 50, 50, 55 because he reminded them of Martin. So they kind of suggested it to him, like, would you like to wear it? Oh, that's then, cool. And then Martin, and then they, they told one of the Blue Jays, like longtime clubhouse staff um, called Martin and was like, Oh, you know, would you talk to this, you know, Gabby or whatever. So they got on the phone and, and Russell talked to him and sort of said, good luck. There's a lot of hits left in the Jersey. I um, hope the number treats you well. <laughs> That's cool. That's really cool. Uh, uh, Russell Martin's such an interesting case because he is. He, it's great to see him celebrated as a Canadian who played for the Blue Jays. But I don't. I don't think he, he doesn't belong to the Blue Jays. You know what I mean? Like Jose no. Bautista belongs to the Blue Jays. He's a Blue Jay. Like that's it. There's no other team. But Russell Martin belongs to doesn't belong to the Blue Jays. He he is he has such an incredible career. Played so well and so well and so long for the Dodgers. Obviously, had great years with the Yankees, and then and then those crazy uh, years with Pittsburgh um, on top of of his time in Toronto. So you know, I don't know if Russell Martin will get into the Hall of Fame. I hope that he does, and I don't know what what jersey he would wear or what hat they would put him on. You know, that's a, a bit of a trite debate, and that's not always fun to fun to um, fun to delve into. But it is uh, it is so good to see that if nothing else. He, you know, his, his time here, relatively short as it was, like just four years, right? In uniform and, and, and one year, the, the last year was, was pretty grim and he didn't, you know, remember he didn't play through the entire like last Second half. Two, two months, months of this yeah. year, a season. He was hanging out playing Fortnite and, you know, being, being a good pro, but like that was his whole vibe, which, which again is, is, you know, by no fault of his own. Um, but just, uh, it, it's so great to see him celebrated and see the team, um, doing, you know, putting that, doing that, doing that work and, and, and participating in, in baseball in Quebec, which, you know, Quebec has a pretty good track record in terms of their investment in baseball, uh, at the, at the youth level. And, and there's a lot of infrastructure, I think, for kids, um, in Quebec to overcome, you know, the weather first and foremost, right? It's, I'm cold in Quebec all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a nice, you know, touch for Canada Day, I thought, because it really just put a focus on like Canadian baseball. And I I mean it's not always possible because there's only so many base Canadian baseball players that are coming through, but it would be it would be nice to see the Blue Jays highlight more um 
And it, also, I shouldn't say because it's been a long time since I've seen a candidate. Again. I don't even remember what they did in 2019. So maybe they always do this. But like, it was just nice to see um, a, a portion of the pregame just dedicated to like Canadian baseball and like using Canada Day as a, 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 a platform to showcase baseball in this country. Um, because, um, you know, I thought that that was just a really cool way to do it. I'm glad that they did it for Russell Martin on Canada Day. Like, I mean, they probably could have done it any day, but totally makes sense to do it on that day when you know you're going to get a good crowd there. And obviously the focus is on um, the country and you have the big Canadian flag and all that kind of stuff. So it was cool, but I would, I would love to see the Blue Jays if they were able to kind of like continue to incorporate that touch um, in their Canada Day celebrations moving forward. Cause yeah, it was cool. Bring Martin, bring Russell Martin back every candidate for the first pitch. Let him do it. Bring him <laughs> back to manage the team. <laughs> right. I, I'm mad, still mad that they didn't let Russell Martin play all nine positions in, in a game at the end of the year. I mean, you, they got both, to, both they, him and the Dodgers. They, neither of them did they it. They let him manage, though. That was kind of funny. They let him manage, which is cool. The Dodgers let him. He pitched like three different times. He didn't allow a single run. He pitched three times for the Dodgers in his in his final season. Um, I, I, all I wanted to do, let him play all nine, let Ross Martin play all nine. I, I, that was my whole thing through all of 2019 (laughs) and they didn't do it because they're cowards. They had like a 40 game lead in the division, like let him play all nine positions. Um, you know, he's down to do it anyway. Speaking of Canada day, uh, Canada day, the sequel coming up next this coming week as the Blue Jays travel to Seattle for the infamous series. They're at what is now called T-Mobile Park, not no longer Safeco. Mm-hmm. Um, the Blue Jays Invasion. Uh, the West Coast uh, fellas and, and ladies will be there in full force as the Mariners have fallen on hard times. Um, they're kind of scraping back, getting closer towards 500. Um, Julio Rodriguez is having a, uh, a great season, looking like a star in the making, um, while the rest of the team falls apart around him. And Robbie Ray will be there too. But that's kind of like the second Canada Day. So uh, as you sort of mentioned off the top, we can look ahead. They've got series in Oakland that starts here on uh, the 4th of July uh, against a very bad, very, very impoverished Oakland A's club. And then they'll move on to Seattle, which, again, um, this is a good time to get well, to get right, to to maybe ease your way through a, a, a trip through the rotation if possible. Obviously, a lot to build on um, from the, what you saw as we talked about with Kikuchi and Barrios. Hopefully that this is an opportunity for the Blue Jays to string a couple of good starts together. Um, and again, with the big uh, question mark of, of Gosman's availability. But, uh, I mean, the Blue Jays played, Seattle played the Blue Jays tough when they met uh, here in Toronto. So this is an opportunity, hopefully, for the Blue Jays to kind of exact some revenge and uh, pick up some much-needed wins because the division, uh, the Red Sox, the Rays, are not going away, even if the Yankees aren't haven't won every night since last we spoke. Um, you know, the, it's, they're just still they're still in so tough in the division that the Blue Jays are going to need to pick up these wins against these softer teams. Yeah, and the Red Sox and Rays play this week, so the Blue Jays can at least gain some wins on one of those teams um, this week. So this would be, you know, you they went four and four on the homestand. It's respectable, but I think disappointing given the context that they won the first two games of each of those series, I think you really would have liked to come out more like five and three at least. 
So going, f- and then, you know, with, within the context of how, how the weekend unfolded for them, you kind of understand why those last two games were, were or last three games, even because Kevin Gosman went out in the first one were, you know, just not, not great for the team, but um, still four and four could have been worse, could have been better, but you go on the West coast, it's a tough, tough travel. They don't have an off day, but you get to ease into that at least by playing the A's. Um, so they can kind of make up for the so-so homestand by potentially having a really great West Coast road trip where the potential is there to, I guess they play seven games, you know, like, could you go five and two? That would be an excellent, mm-hmm. excellent, um, result for them within, especially with the context of, like I said, the Red Sox playing the race, gain some games on one of those teams. Um, you come back home have a week at home before the all-star break. So a good road trip would sort of soften the blow of that homestand where you feel like you probably should have gotten two more wins out of it at least, or one more win out of it at least. The A's, as I sort of touched on, the A's are the worst team in baseball mm-hmm. uh, record-wise right now. The Ray, the A's offense is so truly despicable. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you a quick little trivia question here, Caitlin. Okay. Um, how many of the Rays? How many A's batters would you say are rank above average by way to runs created plus? With like no minimum, no minimum plate appearances. Anybody, even if they've come up once and got a hit, how many above average hitters are in the A's? mix so far this like year. who have played this year for them basically played this year in any capacity one game 30 games 70 oh my games gosh uh i'm gonna say four the answer is three <laughs> there are three above average hitters on the on the on the <laughs> on the rays right now or on the a's right now uh sean murphy who has a 102 weighted runs created plus so uh, seth above. brown is a 101 <laughs> And the leading hitter on the Oakland A's is uh, Razor Ramon Laureano, who has a 107 weighted runs created plus. So he is basically basically like Santiago Espinal was the best hitter on the team. Basically, his numbers are really comparable to Santiago Which, Espinal. For a period of time, he was. That's true. That's not <laughs> that's not unfair to say. Uh, also, on top of the, all of the of the other woes of the A's, is Frankie Montas uh, came out of his start. Um, uh, early on Sunday and is now uh, scheduled to undergo an MRI. Uh, Montas is, of course, a very good pitcher who's having a decent year. Uh, obviously considered a trade piece because he is wearing an Oakland A's jersey. Uh, just the sheer the sheer fact of playing for the A's makes him trade bait. Um, but now he was his velocity was way down and he came out really early. I think in the second inning. So a the A's could be without their best pitcher. Um, you know, I don't know that he, I guess he wouldn't have necessarily lined up to face the Jays, but, uh, just really, really grim, grim times. They had, they had, a, they played a series against the Yankees recently, and I think they were at least leading two of those games quite late. Um, and they blew both of them, um, against the Yankees, the, which is like, the, obviously the Yankees are unstoppable and they're certainly going to be able to come back against the A's, but, uh, but they had the to, Yankees come back against everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Their record when they're losing after seven innings, they have a like a over 500 record or something when they're losing at, in some late preposterous to the late point of the game. Just absolutely crazy. Um, one thing we, you might not see, uh, is Kevin Smith, former Blue Jay, who was sent down to triple A early in, uh, June, who was, of course, the big, one of the bigger pieces in the, in the Matt Chapman trade. 
Um, uh, Kevin Smith hitting a robust 180, 216, 302 slash line, which is good for a 47 weighted runs created plus. So down AAA, Kevin Smith having a bit of struggles. Uh, as is tradition, there will be a nice uh, return for Matt Chapman, of course, when he'll get a nice ovation from those. The a- A's fans are awesome. Truth, truth be told, they are they are the coolest bunch. They are all with their drums and costumes and whatever else. Like they're doing their best. Uh, the A's fans who don't deserve the shabby treatment that they receive. And then, of course, Seattle is whatever. Uh, we talked about Seattle a little bit. So opportunity for the Blue Jays. Again, ordinarily, we don't, we, we try not, I know you and I both try to be a bit more measured. You don't want to say you got to go in and win five games out of seven. But at the same time, they do. They have to. I mean, have to is, is a strong word, but that's really what they need to set their sights on. You know, drop, if you drop one to Seattle, and if you can get out of Oakland only losing once, you got to feel like pretty good about that because, because they need these wins and they need to take advantage of a team, specifically Oakland, but even Seattle, right? Seattle is, has aspiration, playoff aspirations, had a great year last year with a lot, of, a lot of good luck on their side. Not a great team, truth be told. So this is where the Blue Jays need to really make sure that they don't fall behind because losing games, losing these kinds of games are the kind of thing that'll really haunt you if you're yeah. the Blue Jays. Yeah, I think you even aim for a sweep against the A's, honestly, and win three against them. And then, then you're able to go into Seattle and even if you get a split, you're coming out of that road trip really well. And then it's even a bonus if you can get three against the Seattle Mariners, which is certainly capable. The Blue Jays played tough against Seattle, but it was also that period of time where they were still not quite scoring very much. Mm. Um, And so then again, their pitching at that point was better. But um, yeah, I think the Blue Jays definitely can come out of this week with at least five games. Um, And I think they could do even better, but that's a tough ask. But five wins... Five wins, I think, should be the aim for them. You know, the big, I guess, the big thing with the with the with the Mariner series is like, do you get Robbie Ray and Logan Gilbert, or are you able to kind of maybe slide, maybe miss one or both of them, depending on the on the line? How about is it four games in Seattle? I think so. I think it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. That makes they, sense. They don't have an off day. Um. um so no rest. No rest, no rest for them. Um, yeah, I wonder. I would be kind of interested to see them play Robbie Ray, honestly, because I know he's been pitching a lot better lately. Um, he's been one of – I think he was one of the better pitchers in the month of June. But home runs have always been a weakness for him. And the Blue Jays hit a lot of home runs. And they might know how to hit Robbie Ray pretty well. So um, that, to me, would be an interesting matchup. I would kind of like to see it. But I'm not sure. I didn't look ahead to see – when they're pitching did you just Robbie know? Robbie Ray v Alejandro Kirk is something that is like 100% worth the price of admission for my money <laughs> yeah Kirk was his catcher he'll know what he's planning exactly he knows what he where and he's tipping his pitches or whatever else <laughs> yeah anything else Caitlin you got coming up for the people um in the next uh, little bit anything else we can look forward to from you well, we'll see what happens this week. Um, I don't have anything planned. This was a really busy weekend slash homestand for me. So I didn't get a lot of head work on like our work done for ahead of time. But well, no I'll doubt. think of something. You always do. And we're always appreciative of what you do get up to and what you do, uh, the work you do here for The Athletic. So if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash binrate. Make sure you subscribe to the show. We do a couple times a week. Me and Caitlin get together, do it like this. And then me and Ricky Romero, typically. Ricky Romero, who is here in beautiful downtown Canada for the month of July. So lots to talk about. 
as the West Coast uh, streak or uh, trip begins. So her name is Caitlin. My name is Drew. We will talk to you next time on Spinner.